Welcome to the Discipleship Discussions podcast. We believe everyone can be a disciple who makes disciples. Our goal is to help you with this process. Each week, we take the lesson taught through basic discipleship and break it down in a discussion format. Now, let's join today's discussion. Hey, welcome back to our podcast. Uh, With me, as always, is Dr. Patrick Latham. Today's topic is staying fresh. This is part of the prayer series. And Patrick, when I first hear the the title, uh, my thought goes to middle school camp or or just any summer camp with middle school boys and how they are not fresh. I know you did student ministry for a while. So uh, so the antonym, right, of, uh, I don't even think that's the right word there, but opposite of middle school boy at camp, we're talking about keeping prayer fresh. Uh, Your second teaching point was using um, prayer prompts. Now, what does that look like in your life? Yeah, I think we all have uh, things we struggle with. You know, I had a a pastor when I was in college, you know, it helped me. He said every every believer, every Christian has kind of that one thing they struggle with, that they struggle with. I have struggled with speaking right now, but (laughs) that one thing they struggle with. But, um, you know, for some people, there's a few things, you know, I look at First uh, John two sixteen, where it says, "All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life." Seems like we've all got a struggle in those three domains uh, to some degree. Eve had it in the Garden of Eden. Jesus had it when he was tempted in the desert. The kings of Israel were tempted in all three of those areas. So um, there is no temptation uh, that we experience such a that is not common to man. Right? Paul tells us that in one of his letters to the Corinthians. So we all have, we all stumble in many ways, James says, James 3.1. So I would say, you know, instead of giving in to that area of struggle, instead of being overwhelmed by it, use it as a prayer prompt. Use it as a platform or a springboard to pray. So what that looks like in your daily life is like, man, train yourself the moment you enter into whatever that struggle is. Maybe it's comparing yourself to another person. I know some people really struggle with that. Um, You know, you hear that they got a raise or a new job or a new car or a nice new home, um, and you start to feel jealous. Flip the script on that jealousy and use it as an opportunity to pray. Instead of stewing in your juices about, instead of comparing or try to find a way to criticize them, to make yourself feel better, use that as an opportunity to pray. And then realize this, every struggle has an opposite in the realm of Christian virtue. So um, bitterness, the opposite would be love and forgive. Um, Arrogance would be humility. Jealousy would be contentment. You know, so um, be wise and know what the opposite is of your struggle and then pray about that thing. So um, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. So let's say I was struggling with um, comparison. Let's say I was struggling with comparing myself to you. And let's say I found out that you went to the Alabama game and they had this halftime deal where you could kick a field goal and win you know, a brand new Chevy Corvette. All right, and I hear, ah, did you hear about Benji? He kicked the field goal at halftime, and he's coming home in a new Chevy Corvette. You know, I may be tempted to think, man, that sorry joker, he got a Corvette. He doesn't deserve it. 
You know, I, I deserve it. I'm older than him. I've been driving longer than him. Um, I've got three kids. I need a car, you know, like that. So, um, you know, maybe I'm tempted to, you know, be jealous and compare. And so instead of, again, stewing in my juices over that, what I can do is like rejoice with those who rejoice. Lord, thank you that Benji, man's got this awesome car now. Maybe even pray for you, help him to pay the insurance payment. <laughs> That's you know? right. So, um, but then, you know, I would think contentment is the antidote to um, comparison. So what I would do in that situation is then pray, Lord, thank you for the car that I do have. Man, there's a lot of people in the world that use animals or bicycles or their feet for transportation. I've got a car. Thank you. You know, and just using struggles like that in life as prayer prompts is a great way to bring ourselves back to the truth, back to the Lord, and stay spiritually grounded and happy. Gotcha. No, that's good. And um, I think if there was ever a made-up story, that was one. And so <laughs> yeah, the right. thought of me like kicking, like, I don't even know if I can make an onside kick. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Uh, one of your points, maybe your third point, was uh, pouring out your heart in prayer. And you've talked about this in other episodes. Uh, but elaborate on that or maybe what that looks like specific in, specifically in your life and kind of the Lord's expectation there where he's expecting us to pour out our hearts and not just, you know, mumble a prayer, you know, almost yeah. like God's good, God's great, thanks for food, let's eat, you know, something like that. Yeah. Elaborate what that looks like. Yeah, I read a book um, a few years back called, um, I think it's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Oh, Pete Scazzaro, maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. I was going to take a shot at that last yeah. name, but you Scazzaro. know how I am with, you know how I am with last name. <laughs> Yeah, so, you're good. Um, so, hey, good book. And then I read the one for leaders as well, like the Emotionally Healthy Leader. About that time, I was visiting a friend who was a Christian counselor, and, and he taught me on this um, this idea of Jer- Lamentations 2.19, I think, where Jeremiah said, pour out your heart like water before the Lord. And I realized I was in a place where... Um, kind of typical American male maybe that I didn't process emotions well and um, I I had preached on be angry and sin not but never considered what that meant for my life that you've got to uh, that there's uh, this there's importance in processing your emotions well and emotions in a lot of ways are what they are some can be sinful Um, But usually we sin in response to an emotion, trying to cope or handle an emotion. So, um, you know, I had to, you know, learn to better process emotions. And in doing that, I began to see that Scripture, like, really encourages this. That Scripture, the psalmist, Jeremiah, you see it in the life of Jesus, sweating, as it were, great drops of blood, that man, prayers were emotional for many of the saints in Scripture. In fact, when you, there's a reason the Lord gives us the Psalter, these 150 Psalms, they're very emotional. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the Lord, in doing that, um, conveys this truth that our relationship with Him should be real and uh, we should pour out our emotions, um, share our emotions in prayer. I just found great help in that as I do that. You know, I go into my prayer time, I'm praying about a subject, and I'm more likely to share with the Lord how I feel and what I need. And I just bring, I think that brings a release and it, it gives help. Yeah. So. And do you think per gender uh, responses are different? 
Yeah, yeah, I think definitely. Uh, but I, I do think that everybody, you know, it would be it would be a mistake to say women are emotional and men are not. I think the manifestations are just different. Mm-hmm. An example would be this thing called anxiety. Um, you know, we often attribute that to women, like women are anxious, men are not. Um, women are anxious, men have a um, propensity to be more anger, angry. Um, I think they're really emotions that go back to the same root problem, and that is a lack of control. So um, I had somebody point, point that out to me, you know, that, hey, when a woman feels out of control, she may tend more towards anxiety. When a man feels out of control, he'll tend more towards anger. And both of those things go back to the way we've been wired, and then the fall mixes in with how we've been wired, and we handle things differently. So a woman may fret, a man may punch a hole in the wall, but it all comes back to the same thing, wanting to control circumstances. So I, I realized I, I preached on that not long ago, and I had a man come up afterwards and say, dude, I'm free. Like, I never realized that. That's exactly what's going on with me. I'm out of control. I've always been in bondage. Like, why am I angry? And, you know, men can actually suffer worse because they're actually kind of told by culture in society, you're not supposed to be emotional. Men aren't emotional. Yet they do have emotions, that they, and so they handle them differently, kind of in secret, under-the-radar ways to try to mask. And so for men, it's just as important to know how to pour out their heart like water to the Lord. And, you know, a lot of the examples you see in Scripture are men doing that very thing. Elijah, kill me now, Lord. You have the great example of Hannah as well, where... Uh, the, the priest thought she was drunk because she was pouring out her heart like water to the, before the Lord. But remains, I think, both have a need to do that. Yeah, that's good. And I think that's helpful for, for dudes yeah. uh, because there is this uh, almost expectation of emotionless prayer yeah. um, for guys. And I know that it is very freeing uh, to know that we can come before the Lord. Uh, poor heart. It's not like he's going to be surprised by anything. He knows yeah, our yeah. thoughts before we think. And I think we get confused. Like, I can't really tell the Lord how I feel about that. Well, he already knows. And he yeah. knows the fact that you're withholding, telling him, which is for your good more than his good. So, all right, shifting gears a little bit, you talked. To, you made the connection between uh, praying and that pointing someone in the direction of submitting to God's will. And you made that connection there. Um, so explain that. And in part B is what would you tell a high school senior knowing that he or she is making some major life decisions? How should they be praying so that they submit to God's will? Yeah, so a lot of praying for God's will is you don't know what God's will is, so you're asking for God's will. A lot of praying for God's will is you have a desire for something, but you're not sure the motives of your heart, so you pray for God's will. I encounter a lot of that in my life. Like, I want this to happen, Lord, kind of like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, not that my ministry is on the level of his. Right. You know, what he was praying about was like the pivot point of all of human history going to the cross. But at the same time, I think he gives us an example. When you, when you have a desire, go ahead and express it to the Lord. You know, if tomorrow you start thinking, Benji, I think I want to be an astronaut instead of a student pastor. You know, and you're just fired up about that. You find yourself watching Apollo 13 and movies like, hey, I, I'm thinking about being an astronaut. 
Well, tell the Lord about it, you know? Right. That's an extreme example. Tell the Lord about it and then say, nevertheless, not uh, what I will, but your will be done. Extreme example, but it makes the point. I've had it in other areas in my life where I feel this urge towards something, where I feel I want this situation reconciled or this relationship with this person person in my family should be like X, Y, Z, and it's not. So I commit that to the Lord in prayer and pray for his will to be done. Then you've got that. Um, then you've got times where you should know what God's will is because the Bible tells you plainly. And there's prayers where, Lord, I know this is your will. I'm submitting to it. Or, Lord, I know this is your will. I'm asking you to accomplish it in my life. Right. So um, there's those different types of praying for God's will. I'd encourage you just put it all before the Lord. Pour out your heart like water. Be real. Tell him how you feel and always seek his will in your prayer life. Now, you know, for the high school senior or any high school student seeking God's will for the future or anyone seeking God's will for the future, I like to go back to the idea of, um, number one, know this. If you walk with God and if you're sold out for him, if you're seeking to live the life he wants you to live, he's going to inadvertently lead you to his will. You know, Scripture says, commit your works unto the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. That doesn't mean he gives you what you want. That means he gives you and your soul passions for what he's passionate about. So that, that's the first key. Romans 12, 1 through 2, present yourselves a living sacrifice holy unto the Lord so that you may prove or discover what is this good and acceptable, perfect will of God. So living devotedly to the Lord is your first step in discovering his will. And then know that as you do that, he'll give you the desires he wants you to have. I've just said that. But another example, 1 Timothy 3, 1, where Paul talks about people who are pastors. He says, if anyone desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. What's Paul saying? He's saying, man, the people God calls to be a bishop or a pastor have a God-given desire to do it. So know this, as you consecrate, dedicate yourself to the Lord, he's going to give you the desires he wants you to have. Then also consider your giftedness. If he calls you to something, I think he'll spiritually, to a degree, enable you to do it. Um, but then also pray for, follow the example of Paul. He prayed for open doors and closed doors. You see that Acts 16 with the Macedonian call. So I'd encourage people to pray in regard to all those things and uh, see how the Lord leads. Now, from where, let's go back. Let's actually close with this. You just graduated high school. What did you think you wanted to be when you grew up? I didn't know. I had no idea. I went to a junior college in middle Georgia for two years to try to figure it out. So I actually think there's a lot of merit in that. You know, they say, I remember reading when I was about 24 that the male brain isn't fully developed to like 22 maybe or something like that or 23. And so, um, like, I had zero clue. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know up from down. Like, I didn't know how to manage money or do anything. So that, it's crazy, like, what we do in our society, that by that age you need to know what you're going to do for the rest of your life. But um, I guess that's needed. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I had no idea. It took a process. It took time. So I would encourage people that freshman, sophomore year, I think I'll do the same thing with my kids. Chill out if you don't know at that point. Um, take your core classes. Enjoy life. Live for the Lord. Get close to Him. 
and it'll lead you in time. Wait till that brain gets fully developed. So. That's right. Or else you're going to pay for a lot of classes yeah. you don't need. Yeah. No, and that's kind of what I want to wrap up. I know this week, um, of time of this recording, seniors would have been walking across the stage. Yeah. And so that's what I want to encourage. And I thought that was your case, and so I'm glad it is because that kind of makes my point is when you're praying and you're praying to submit to God's will, uh, knowing that what you think will happen may not be what you mm-hmm. expect to happen or what actually happens rather. And the flexibility aspect is so, so important. And uh, I can't tell teenagers this enough because they feel like, you know, they get to this point and they're like you. They don't know what they're doing. It's kind of going through emotions, almost like this crisis mm-hmm. hits. And the encouragement that I've always trying to get is just encourage them saying, hey, uh, keep praying, keep seeking, mm-hmm. but keep doing the next right thing. Yeah, and that's part of the process. The Lord wouldn't give it to you like written on a piece of paper because then you want to seek Him. That's right. That's why He kind of carrot and stick leads you along so you'll learn how to follow Him. Mm-hmm. And I always, always stick to the verse from Proverbs. I can't remember the reference, but many are the plans in the heart of a man, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. Mm-hmm. And so you just got to have that conviction. Walk with Him and know if you're doing that, seeking Him, what He desires will come to pass. That's right. So. And my encouragement to seniors, take that, soak it in, uh, maybe hit repeat, rewind, listen to it again, uh, because that is good stuff. Uh, well, thank you again for joining us for this week's episode. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thank you for joining us today for our discussion on basic prayer. Stay current with other episodes by subscribing to our podcast. For show notes, visit us online at basicdiscipleship.net. If you have any questions about the material presented in this discussion, or if you would like to give feedback, email us at info at basicdiscipleship.net. Thanks for listening.